What's up, PC Familia members and sports fans all over the world? Welcome back to your favorite sports shows, Press Coverage Sports. Uh, it's brought to you by Persistence Media. So welcome back to the show, everybody. And we got my favorite time of the year is in full force now. We got NFL kicked off. We got college football kicked off. And we got overreactions after week one in the NFL and week one and two have shooken out in the NCAA on deck and ready for some hot takes today. And the person that's going to be sharing these hot takes and topics and debates with me today is none other than Mr. Jimmy Thornton calling in on the Mel Eats hotline. How's it going, Jimbo? It's going well, Jay. So thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yep, you're lucky I let you on after uh, after beating me in week one in fantasy football, but I refuse to hold grudges, and I'm just uh, I'm I'm just uh, expecting my team to get it in shape here. I'm giving give them a pep talk before this week, and hopefully they play uh, like they were supposed to on draft day. You know that was uh, that was just business. That wasn't done personal. It never is. <laughs> I try not to take it personally, Jim. I try not to, man. Uh, but yeah, so that's how my fantasy football season uh, started off. Um, but Ohio State's uh, home football season did not start off as hot. Um, so they uh, didn't look all that great against Minnesota in week one on the road, you know, so figured chalk that up to maybe being on the road. Uh, but then they come uh, back home and they lose to the Oregon Ducks. And another team that stumbled out of the gates is Clemson Tigers. You know what, Jim? I mean, I, I did not expect both of those teams to have a loss uh, this early in the season. What I'm wondering is, who does it hurt the most as far as, obviously, their goals being a national championship? Out of Clemson and Ohio State, both fumbling in this game, who do you think it hurts the most? I'd probably say it, after the, it hurts Ohio State worse than, than Clemson because uh, if you look at the rest of Ohio State's schedule, they play a lot tougher teams than Clemson does. Clemson's pretty much walked through the ACC the last couple of years with hardly anybody giving them any challenge, so I expect them to do pretty much the same thing now. Um, so they did not look good at all against Georgia. I mean, at least on the offensive side of the ball, defense looked good because they held Georgia, but how good is Georgia's offense really? Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. They, their offense looked like trash against Georgia. I mean, I think, what was it, three points? Three That's points? Yeah, three yeah. points. Three points ain't going to get it done against anybody. Uh, that ain't even going to get it done against Boston College or any of these other scrubs at the ACC, my line. That might not even get it done against Florida State. And that's saying something. Yeah, Clemson. That's a tough. That's a tough loss for Clemson. But yeah, Ohio State has a uh, definitely a tougher road. So you think you think Ohio State's going to lose a Big Ten game now, Jimbo? I I don't think that they will. But they definitely have some, some tough teams, you know, because they it was just Iowa, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, and then your Rucker boys. So hey, I, Rucker's they baby, lose. still undefeated. If you want, you want to know what I think, Rucker's has a better chance at a national championship right now than Ohio State. What do you think about that? Uh, I think that's a fan speaking, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're undefeated. No we're undefeated. I'm telling you what, Rutgers goes undefeated. We got a spot in the college football playoff, hands down. Is that is that All a right, true we'll is see. that a true statement? If y'all go undefeated, I think y'all definitely would get a spot in the playoffs. <laughs> y'all went undefeated. That's a big if. That's a big if. Remember uh, what year was it when uh, when uh, Rutgers got all the way up to rank number two in the country when we beat Louisville on the road? Uh, uh, yeah, that home? was like that was like oh. Seven, wasn't it? Yeah, it was definitely. I think it was definitely. Oh, six, oh, seven. Seven. I think it was the. I yeah. think that was the year I met you. Ray Rice. Yeah, Ray Rice, yeah. baby. Uh, Ray Rice. That's right. Brunswick's finest, right there. Ray Rice was running all over f folks. Uh, we don't quite have a Ray Rice on the roster this year, but I like the way Rutgers is playing. We got enough playmakers. We're playing some great defense. Uh, Shiano's got us two and zero. Oh, so. That's a, that's a bit of an extreme hot take, but at least it's still possible for me to say. I don't know how many more weeks I'm going to get to say that, um, but. I'm going to beg to differ. I think I think that uh, actually that first loss this early in the season to me hurts Clemson. Like you said, 
Uh, the ACC is terrible. The other good teams were UNC and Miami, and they both have losses too. So, I mean, my 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 sub question to this is: If Clemson runs the ACC, are they even deserving of a of a spot in the college football playoff? That might be the only ranked team they freaking play all year is Georgia, and they look like dog shit. I mean, I, I don't know. How I, they I can- think if they run through the ACC, I don't think they deserve a walk in. You know what I'm saying? But I think they'll have the benefit of the doubt if they blow those teams out, you know what I'm saying? If they go in there and they almost take a couple of losses, you can't take them serious. But if they go in there and they get back to business and start blowing people out, I know people will be like, well, you know, it was early in the season and this and that, this and that. They'll, they'll give them the shoe in. Yeah, yeah. All right. What team in the Big Ten's beating Ohio State then? I think right now, I think the I think the Iowa will beat them. Yeah, Iowa looked fuck. Yeah. They look damn good against Iowa State, and that's a rivalry game yeah. too. So I know there's some bad blood there, and they, I mean they they mopped up the floor with their jerseys, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I mean they, they look good right now. I mean their struggle usually has been on offense, but their defense has been pretty good. They usually got a pretty good offensive line. So I mean Iowa State did not look like they could stop Oregon and on either side. You know, what I'm saying defense they couldn't do anything. Offense they looked like they couldn't figure out what they was doing. So they they looked pretty bad that game. I mean yeah. they put up points but they were never in control of that game. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm worried about Ohio State the rest of the year. I'm definitely worried about Ohio State. Uh, they had too long of a run. I mean, what was it like? I think it was 24-game win streak that they that they fucked up last week, and uh, it was their first drop since uh, Baker Mayfield did his little uh, middle of the O uh, Sooners flag stab. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, tough, a tough home loss for them, especially against a Pac-12 team. Um, but speaking of a Pac-12 team, Let's let's play on this topic a little bit more. And who were you more impressed with then? So we talked about who that lost dams a little more. But who are you more impressed with? Are you more impressed with how Oregon showed out on the road in Columbus, or how Georgia kind of handled Clemson's offense like easy peasy with lemon squeezy? I was probably more impressed with uh, Oregon because they were doing it without their best player and. I mean, the defense still looked really good. They still looked good on offense. And I think between the two teams, I think Ohio State is a stronger team than Clemson. I mean, I was really impressed with Georgia's defense because that looked like a top five defense out there with the way they shut down Clemson. But overall, I'd say Oregon. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I love to debate just for the fact of debating, but I mean, yeah, and I didn't even I didn't even really when I when I was kind of thinking of my answer for this question pre-show, I forgot that Thibodeau didn't even play. You know, and now yeah. that you said that, I was like, "Shit, man!" I mean, imagine if he played. If he played, if he played, yeah. it might have been over at halftime. Hey, because hey, if he played, they might have burned down the city. <laughs> they might. Columbus might be still burning at this, at this moment. Hey, they might have burned it down. Ohio State. You know, they they their their fans are definitely pretty privileged. They ain't used to dropping too many in week two. That don't I, I nah. that that don't happen. Uh, that yeah, like I said, the Baker Mayfield game, and uh, that was a pretty decent Oklahoma team. And who knows? Maybe this is a pretty decent Oregon team, but. But, man, I'll tell you what, coming into the season, I did not even see the Ducks necessarily winning the Pac-12, let alone going to Ohio State and uh, and handling business, man. I mean, they, they look damn good. And that's, like, the first time I can remember a Pac-12 team going on the road against a tough non-conference team. I mean, they usually don't even play a tough non-conference. Usually Pac-12 takes it easy. And then they actually beat them. Like, it wasn't like a fluke-ass win or nothing. Like, it, it looked like Ohio State only lost by a touchdown, but I watched that game, and Ohio State didn't look like they ever had a chance at winning. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think Oregon would, would do as well as they did either. I watched them play a little bit against uh, Fresno State, and they looked, they looked all right, but that was Fresno State. So I figured, all right, they're going there with Ohio State. That's a different ballgame. And yeah. they went just completely controlled them, so... They showed me something. Real talk. And I, I watched I watched that game against Fresno State, too, because I had some money on Fresno State in the first week to cover, like, uh, 21 or 28 against Connecticut. 
And uh, they ended up covering. So I was like, okay, the Bulldogs are all right. But I mean, they're beating up on UConn. I mean, who, who really cares? So then when they hung around with Oregon, I was like, hmm, is Oregon just trash or is Fresno State pretty good? And now I'm starting to think maybe Fresno State is pretty damn good because Oregon looked like a damn good team this Saturday. I mean, I think I think the Anthony Brown transfer kind of slid under the radar on me. I remember him a lot at Boston College, and he always looked okay, but he always got outshined by uh, A.J. Dillon, the running back for the Packers, you know, because they just fed him the ball. But this kid looks like he's ready to go for Oregon. And then that C.J. Verdell, I mean, you could have put a James on the back of his jersey, and it looked like Michael James running all over them fools on Saturday. That was pretty impressive. I mean, I think he had 20 carries, 161 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. And the touchdowns looked like instant replays on that uh, reverse sweep that they kind of did. They did like a little counter sweep and Ohio State didn't have no answer. So I don't know. It looks like they're having trouble Jimbo backfilling uh, the Bosa brothers and uh, Chase Young. You know, you thought it was just DNU. I think the DNs are running out of the U. So up there in Ohio State, man. But Georgia did look impressive. Um, what do you think? Georgia in the SEC now. Um, obviously, they have the hardest conference to try and uh, rally off of this big win to start the season. What do you think Georgia's ceiling is here at this point now? I think they're going to lose at least, I'd probably say, two games. Damn, I mean, two offense, games? If that offense don't get any better, you're not beating anybody scoring what, 10 points? That, that's not going to get it done. Yeah, well, hey, but, so JT Daniels got injured, and you see what they did last week? They mopped up, but I mean, now they, <laughs> it was the team they were supposed to mop up. I can't remember. Who, who. did they mop up? Uh, I think it was UAB. All right, so I mean. I, okay, so, you know what I'm saying? I know it's early in the season, so I'm not, I'm not, you know what I'm saying, saying they're not this or not that, but their only touchdown was on defense. They didn't even score any touchdowns on offense that in that true. first game. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not. I'm not saying they. You know what I'm saying? They maybe some work to do, figure a few things out. But I'm saying if you ain't, if you can't get more than ten points in SEC, you're not gonna make it through. Getting, you're not gonna make it through. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And now UAB, the Dragons are. They do get the misfits of Alabama, which are still good players. You know what I mean? Like uh, when? When a few years ago, when they like about to cancel UAB football permanently. Like, so I don't know where they got these players. That's no disrespect. I'm just saying, like, they might have just kept that program together like a week ago. Like, like uh, was it Bishop Sycamore? They might have been like, yeah, that kind of job. So I ain't putting nothing over on that. Uh, I'm just saying. They were on the they were on the verge of a Bishop type uh, type of outcome. But uh, you know what? They fought back, all right, Jimbo, and they're still a D1 program, okay? And they're not even a cancel right, program. Right. They're a D1 program. Uh, give respect to that. and uh, Accredited and D1 they, program. Yeah. So, and uh, Stenson. And Bennett, I think, like set, tied Matt Stafford's Georgia record with like six passing touchdowns, I think, against them last week. Uh, so he looked like he's ready to say, "JT Daniels, you better get your shit together," because I'm I'm here to score touchdowns. Um, so I'm I'm interested in Georgia going forward. Uh, I'm interested in Georgia going forward. But there's a there's an SEC team that I'm a little more interested in now, and um, you kind of had a scent on them a little bit a little bit more, and that's going to lead into our next topic. The topic that I want to talk about now is since it's week one and two, you know, respectively between college and, and NFL, it's it's overreaction season, right? It's time to say who's going to suck and who's going to be good off of that one that one week, that one showing. And uh, I want to talk about who will now be this year's surprise playoff team. We kind of talked about it before in previous episodes, and I had UNC, maybe Miami, maybe USC, and they all got fucking losses already. So my hot take for this one is I'm taking first swing at this one. And I am going with the Hogs, the Razorbacks of Arkansas. I am on the train. I think Arkansas makes the college football playoff this year. What do you think about that, Jim? I think that's a stretch, but I like to pick because, I mean, they do look good. I mean, the only reason I say it's, it's tough is because they're going to have to run through the SEC against all those teams. But 
if they can get through, I think say they can get to seven and zero. I'll, I'll definitely believe it's possible. Yeah, and they, and the problem with them is that they play in the they play in like the the death conference, right? You look at the SEC. It's all hard, but it's definitely like more lopsided on the on on the Alabama side, right? That's definitely the the hardest side. The SEC of, West, baby. The SEC West is definitely notably harder to win in, right? That's why that's where Tebow always got you know his lucky SEC championship game appearances because even back then the side was even weaker back when when Florida was running things and they still do kind of run things. I think I think maybe Arkansas the way that I'm looking at this. So let me let me elaborate on my hot take real quick. So I think they'll beat Georgia, right? We just talked about how Georgia is suspect on offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that they'll beat Texas A&M, right? I mean, you watched Texas A&M last week. They should have fucking lost to Colorado. I watched that game. Bro, the Buffaloes should have won that game. The Buff let me down. They needed Cordell Stewart or something at quarterback just to give him that little push. And uh, they, they should have they beat A&M. Definitely not impressed with A&M. Um, I think they're easily beatable. I say they handle Georgia Southern this week, right? That's going to be that's gonna be a nice, easy win for them. And that'll put them, you know, after those three wins, that'll be after them beating Texas this past week as, you know, almost like two touchdown dogs. And that was a great pick by you. Uh, so kudos to that one. That's going to be three wins against the top 15. And we're only in week four, man, or week five or something like that. That's pretty impressive. I, I think at that point, you got to put you got to put the hogs in the top 10. Right? You correct me I if agree. I'm wrong. They, right? they definitely, they definitely deserve some respect for the teams they're beating and how they're doing it. Yeah. So because these, like you said, these ain't flukes. These are going in there, getting dirty, and pushing people around and getting W. Yeah, and that's what I liked about them. They looked like the Hogs. They reminded me of the Darren McFadden kind of days. And uh, who was his running mate back then? Who was the other guy? Felix Jones, baby. Felix, Felix Jones. Jones. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for that, Felix Jones, man. Uh, so much props to them. And uh, I like how the Razorbacks are getting back to their old, old style of SEC kind of pound you out football. Uh, one stat that I thought was uh, really impressive is that they have four players already averaging over 5.4 yards a carry with at least 10 carries. And the D is fucking legit, bro. That Grant Morgan, he's like a seven-year senior or something. He started off as a walk-on, but the kid is good, man. I, well, I don't even know if he's a kid anymore. Now he's a grown man as like a six-year senior or whatever it is, but they're good. The Catalan, uh, the Catalan uh, player at safety, I forget his first name. His last name's Catalan. He had a pick six in week one, but the dude is a headbanger. He's an old school kind of safety slash ball hawk where he'll hit you or he'll pick it off, whichever one he could do first. So, I mean, I like Arkansas. And then I like how they, like, I was listening to the commentary and, you know, because you had him as straight dogs. So I was really into that game and I was watching it. And uh, I was listening to commentary and I liked how the head coach was like, yo, he told KJ Jefferson, you're my guy. He actually told one kid, uh, it was a decent quarterback, I forget who it was, was in a transfer portal, and he told him, nah, pack sand, we got our guy, you know, don't even come here, because you don't, you ain't going to get a chance to start, because KJ's our guy, and uh, that, that supposedly gave him a lot of confidence, and you could see it, man, you could see it, and then they got that uh, Burks, he's a transfer from, uh, he's a transfer from Michigan, or something like that, but he looks legit, I mean, the kid can play, he can catch the ball, and they throw it to him a bunch, so that's what you do, right, that's what SC did when they had Keyshawn Johnson, he's a big wide receiver like that, just throw him the damn ball, so there's my take, man, I think, I think they get to Alabama. You got to hope. Now, see, the thing is, though, here's the, here's the linchpin of my whole idea is Alabama needs to lose to somebody before they play Arkansas because there's no guarantee that Arkansas goes into Tuscaloosa and beats them. 
Um, that's like uh, Johnny football kind of stuff. And I, I don't know if I'm ready to put KJ Jefferson there. Um, so somebody needs to beat Alabama. So if Alabama beats Arkansas, but then loses, hear me out, then loses the last week, loses the last week to your Auburn War Eagle Tigers. Go War Eagle in the Iron Bowl because it's back in <laughs> Auburn, baby. So they beat them in the last week, and that catapults Arkansas into the SEC championship, and then they win that, and they're in. There you go, Jimbo. Take that one. All right, what do you think? I like, it. I like that. that that's, that's a good pick. That's a good underdog pick. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to give an underdog pick. I ain't going to pick one. like August. Give me one. I'm going to go with – you're probably not going to agree with this one, but I'm going with the UCLA Bruins. Oh, I do. I love it. I love it. Okay, now yeah, sell it on me. Sell it to me. All right, I like what they're doing out there. You know, they got Chip Kelly out there. They're 2-0. They beat Hawaii, which is nobody special. Then they went in there. They dominated LSU. Time out. Hawaii is a bowl team. Hawaii was a bowl team last year. I liked I liked the Rainbow Warriors in that game. You know, I ain't going to lie. I was shading Chip and his boys a little bit. I liked Hawaii in the points. So, I like Hawaii. So yeah. They, they played well against Hawaii. Yeah, they beat LSU. They got Fresno State up, coming up. Then Stanford, Arizona State. I mean, there's some some decent teams there, but the only real test I see they're going to run into, as I think it's going to be Oregon, and that's like well, more yeah. than halfway through the season. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, can't forget about the Bluffs, Colorado, and depending on where USC is at at that point. But, I mean, I think that they can run the table. Like, I think they'll get some respect because they're 13 right now. And they're, and they're playing well on both sides of the ball. This is probably the best team I've seen since probably Maurice Jones-Drew was there. Yeah, yeah, and they got a little Maurice Jones-Drew and, and Charbonnet. And yeah. uh, he's a local Ventura County kid, too, along with Thibodeau. I mean, so Pac-12 is loaded with, with some Ventura talent, so I, I love that. But, yeah, dude, I, I really like that pick. Um, they were, like, my wish list team at the beginning of the season, you know, that, that UCLA would be able to put together something. And I, I like Charbonnet as a running back. I can't really argue with you, man. Yeah. I mean, DTR, uh, Dorian Thomas, yeah, like Robinson. Yeah, I like how he's playing out there. Yeah, and yeah you, I like how he's playing out there. You know who his pops is, right? Nah, who's his pops? Michael Robinson. He played quarterback at Penn State, but then he ended up playing a full like fullback for the Seahawks for like 10 years. The dude that's on NFL Network? Yeah, yeah, the dude that's on NFL Network. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I know the so it's in his All blood. Right. It's in his blood. And his dad, right, yeah. his, his dad wants some. Yeah, his dad won some big games in there at Penn State. You know, and we'll talk about. What, I, remember, I remember he was there. Yeah, we'll talk about Penn State a little bit later in the in the show. But yeah, I I, I like DTR. He's finally putting it together. I feel like Chip Kelly's finally got his guys. And seeing Charbonnet just gallop through secondaries. I mean, this dude's averaging like fucking twelve yards a carry. It brings joy to my heart because Jim Harbaugh just let him walk off the campus at Michigan for whatever reason. I don't care. I don't care if the the what whatever problem he had with him, Jim Harbaugh should have sucked it up because that was his guy, maybe. So, um, you know, it, it, it just brings joy to me to see Jim Harbaugh fuck up. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with that. <laughs> I'm with that UCLA pick. But now the only thing that makes me nervous is I didn't think before. Now watching how good Oregon is, holy shit, man. That's going to be – Yeah, that's, I, like I said, that's going to be the test. That's going to be like – I think – I think either one of these teams, I think when they meet, they're going to probably both be undefeated. I think whoever wins that game is probably going to be the team that sneaks into the playoffs. All right. I'm looking it up right now, Jimbo. I want to see if Oregon plays UCLA in Pasadena. If it is, we're making a pact right now that we're going to that game. Uh, All right. Yeah, so I, I got to look it up. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll continue. I do think that uh, I do think that UCLA is going to be a really, really, really tough beat this year. Um, I think USC actually losing already, especially to Stanford, that kind of hurts them. Um, I yeah. wish that I wish that you know if UCLA plays an undefeated. Uh, oh, they got Fresno State this week, so there's a good test. I think yeah, that's that's gonna, they, they got some. They, 
they got some tests coming up before they get to Oregon, which is good. That way you're yeah. not just going there with a bunch of teams that you done beat the shit out of. <laughs> They're going to have some real tests out there. You know what I'm saying? So I think they'll be ready. All right, Jimbo. October 23rd, you need to find a way to get out to California. We're going to the Ducks at the Bruins. All right? You figure right. it out. You figure out a way to get here. I'll buy the tickets. Packed made right now. All right? You figure out a way to all get right. out here. I got the tickets. All right? We're going to Ducks all Bruins. Right. I can do. Yeah, that's going to be a that's going to be a doozy. That's going to be a fun game. Um so, yeah, all right. I, I, I think we both made some valid picks. Uh, we'll see what happens, man. Talk about a college football playoff, what that's going to look like. Arkansas versus yeah. UCLA in the college football playoffs. I'm all about it, man. I, I'm, I like it. I'm I fucking, like it. I'm fucking tired of Clemson and, uh, and Alabama. And what is what is the great writers at Sports Illustrated? Uh, I don't mean to throw shade. I mean, I have a subscription. But who do they pick? Clemson versus Alabama. Give me a break. I mean, come on. Give me something here. Well, I think clearly one of those teams will be there, but I think clearly the other team will not. I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I think the I think the hogs. I think the hogs are coming out of the SEC West. I think Alabama drops two of them. I think maybe Lane Kiffin or somebody gets. Go? Yeah, I think Lane Kiffin or somebody gets them, and then they lose. War Eagle, baby. It's been too long. I mean, it's like every three years. Uh, it'd be nice. Hey, Bo Nix is looking good, man. No picks. Bo Nix with no picks, and th- after three games, I'll take it. You know. Uh, I, I'd like to believe, but I got to see him get somebody with some. Yeah. You know, some real corners out there. If they, they give me something like that, I'll believe. But I, I've been on this road before, Jason. I'm not going back. They've been, they've been, they've been, they've been putting the Timberlands to folks on the, yeah, on the field right a, now. This is that's the same Auburn team that let uh, uh, your boy from Liberty walk, Malik uh, Malik Willis, Malik Willis. Yeah, yeah, they let him walk. In favor of Bo Nick. So, yeah. I mean, just saying. Hey, but that was Gus Malzahn. It was a different, a different regime. Um, so, maybe, maybe, right, the new, right. maybe the new crew wouldn't have done that. But, hey, they, they, they're taking what they got with Bo Nix, you know. And he's, he's, he's got the heritage. He's got that Auburn pride just like his papa, you know. And uh, maybe he's finally going to deliver. I got, I got faith in my boy Bo. I'm, I'm looking forward right, we'll to big things do. for Bo. I, I mean, they'll, they'll drop a couple games, but they're going to get Alabama. I can feel it. I can feel it. He's going to do it for his pops. Um, but continuing, um, that that's college football in a nutshell so far, right? So that's been some fun, and I, I like it. I like seeing things shaking up. And uh, after one week in pro football, it seems like things have always been shaken up, right? It's the easiest spot to take hot to take hot topics, to take hot picks, to take hot teams, newcomers, old vets. You know, there's a lot of shade to throw and a lot of props to give after one week in the NFL. So I want to focus on the newcomers to the league real quick. Um, and I want to ask you, Jimbo, which rookie quarterback were you most impressed with uh, in the NFL by week one? And, you know, you think about it, had a lot of people playing. There's a lot of rookie quarterbacks that touched the field in week one. Who do you think impressed you the most? Well, I mean, I wish I could have got a, a full dosage of, of some of the other quarterbacks because they just had some plays here and there and, you know, they look good. Uh, so I'll probably just go with the two that played the most and I'll probably go with Zach Wilson. Um, okay, Zach Wilson. I, All right. Yeah, I, I'll probably go with Zach Wilson. Yeah. He kept he kept them close pretty much the whole game. You know what I'm saying? They were never like, and I don't think they were ever going to win the game. But even without his full arsenal of weapons and losing his left tackle, he still kept them respectable. And he was running for his life back there once that line was breaking down, and he <laughs> you know didn't quit. Still made some decent throws on the run. Yeah, and uh, I, I was, you know I was overall impressed with what he was up against and what he actually did. He, I don't think he played bad. Yeah, I don't think he played bad. Uh, but I also don't think he played good. But I also don't think that the Jets are that good. So. Kind of like a toss. Yeah, that's, that, that's the part of that. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a toss up to me, right? As I don't, that's I don't want to say, I don't want to say that he played bad, um, but it's like he's got a defensive minded head coach, so I feel like that's always going to stunt the growth of a of a rookie quarterback. 
personally. I think mm-hmm. you need an offensive guru running the show. So he puts in that time and the effort of actually trying to help you succeed. Um, so I think that that's going to slow his uh, growth. He did get better in the second half. I'll give you that. But I think the Panthers got worse in the second half. So I don't know what was actually the right cause for that. Um, I am a little impressed with Zach Wilson. I did like him at BYU, and I didn't think that he would be worth shit in the NFL. So it's not bad for the first week. Um, I Unfortunately, I anticipate him getting worse as the season goes on. Um, I don't think the Panthers' defense is all that good. I know that Matt Rule likes to be like a defensive-minded kind of guy. Um, but yeah, I think with Joe Brady at the helm, you should think of the Panthers as more of an offensive-minded team and the defensive-minded team. So I think Zach Wilson should have found a way to do it. But I mean, I just feel like the Jets, and trust me, I love seeing the Jets suck. I feel like they always sign underachieving wide receivers. Like, they never sign a good one. Like they're like excited they, about. They, they always seem. They, they always seem to sign that receiver that had that one big year on that last part of their deal, and now they're <laughs> yeah, looking for some new exactly. money. And they just fall for the trap every time. Insert Corey Davis. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like he didn't do dog shit with Mariota. Basically, got Mariota canned, if you ask me. So, got Marcus Mariota canned, and then it comes in. Tannehill does the thing, puts up a decent year, and now you're supposed to be the number one guy for a rookie quarterback. That's just bad. That's just bad business. That's not smart. Um, so, okay, I get where you're saying, Zach Wilson. He did put up some decent numbers. You know, he could have been, he could have been worse. Um, I want to give an honorable mention to Mac Jones, though, against my tough Dolphins defense. He actually held his own. You know, he went, I think he went 29 for 39 for like 280 yards and a touchdown. Uh, But that's against a really tough D. Uh, Dolphins are pretty stingy on defense. And then Trevor Lawrence threw a shit ton of yards, but Urban Meyer, I don't know what is wrong with his brain. He had him throw 51 times. That is... Those were, those were garbage yards. Yeah. That game was over by the third quarter. And that's the Texans beating you down, by the way, too. The team that yeah, everybody that's, that's, picked to be the worst team to be in the, the league. Worst team. Yeah, worst team. And have you down, what was it, like 34 to 7 yeah. in the third quarter or something like that? Yeah. Come on now. But I think that was an overreaction by, by the experts um, by picking the Texans to be the worst team. I really do. I, I, lo- I like Tyrod Taylor. I feel like he's a proven commodity in the NFL. He's never sucked as a starter. All right. So, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of people are counting out Tyrod somewhat. It's just like everybody else around him. You know what I'm saying? Like you lost Will Fuller, you know, J.J. Watt got out of town. I mean, Tyrod was like the one person I was like, I know he's going to game up. It's just the yeah. rest of these guys. I don't know if they're going to show up or they're going to mail it in. Well, you got Mark Ingram. You got a Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, you think about the Texans. You know, the roster, they act like the roster is trash. They got Laramie Tunsil. He's the highest paid left tackle in the NFL for a reason. He's not garbage. I don't know if he should be the best paid. The, the, but... the reason he's the highest paid left tackle is because their GM slash coach is an idiot. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. All right, that that definitely holds a lot of truth to it. But I do think that Laramie Tunsil is a very good a very good left tackle. You know, he does, he does a good job, and he learned from Brandon Allen and uh, in in Miami, I think he's good. He's good. He definitely holds too much for the highest paid left tackle in the league. He's got to figure that shit out. <laughs> you know, maybe stop hitting the old gas mask bong before the game, <laughs> and you'll be ready for that quick first step. And you don't have to hold so much, Laramie. But uh, yeah, I think I think their O line is a little more formidable than a lot of people think. You got Mark Ingram, who is a hell of a running back. I don't care what anybody says. He is a damn good running back. Uh, you win the Heisman and and. The NF or in the college football, you're a damn good running back. All right, they don't they don't necessarily hand those out to running backs all the time. So uh, I like Mark Ingram. 
And then the defense is okay. Yeah, they lost J.J. Watt, but you know what? He was he was old and tired in, in Houston. He's going to have a new life in Arizona because it's something new, but he was old and tired in Houston. He was done with that place. Um, so, I don't know. I like the Texans a little bit, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch that. We'll, we'll touch back on that in a second. Um, but, yeah, rookie quarterback that I was most impressed with, uh, I got to go with my boy Justin Fields. All right, I love me some Justin Fields. I feel like he easily could have been the first quarterback taken this year, and it would have been justified. I really do. I really do think that. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's gonna be good. He's gonna put up his stats. He's gonna have. He's gonna have to build the arm, the athleticism. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Even if he's like Matthew Stafford on the Jaguars forever, he'll put up his stats and he'll be just fine. Um, but man, Justin Fields is going to be a fucking winner. You could put him on a shitty team and he's going to win. So once Matt Nagy and the Bears front office either all get fired or finally stop just trying to justify why they paid the Red Rifle so much money in the offseason, they need to put his ass on the bench and they need to put Justin Fields in the game. Uh, now, he only went two for 10 for 10 yards and he had a rushing touchdown of like five yards. So it's like, well, why are you saying you're most impressed with that? Because it's against a Rams defense on, you know, primetime football. He was literally the whole offense, and he only had five snaps. You know, he never even knew if he was going to play or when he was going to play, and they stuck him in the game, and he's like, yo, I'm a gamer. Just put me in the fucking game, coach. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get us in the end zone. Um, so... To me, I was most impressed with Justin Fields dealing with all this stuff of him not starting when he should be starting, and then when he gets on the field, he just balls out anyways against Aaron Donald and uh, his goon crew that he's got up there in Los Angeles. So, I mean, I think Justin Fields should be starting right now. I don't know. You, what, what do you think about that, Jimbo? Justin Fields starting I, right now? I'd have had Justin Fields starting from day one. Like, after seeing how he played in the preseason, obviously that's not, you know, the regular season, but he looked like he understands what they're trying to do with the offense. He can move the plays, buy some time. I think he's just the better of the two quarterbacks. I think the only reason Andy Dalton is starting is because they told him he was going to be the starter when he came there. Which and so they're dumb. trying to make it seem as if, oh, we're going to let him, we're going to let Justin Phil sit behind him so he can learn and this and that. I think that's all nonsense. I what mean, is he going to learn? It's only a matter of time before he loses too many games and Justin Phil's is going to be in there. What is he going to learn that you need Chad Johnson to have a career in the NFL? Like, I mean, that's, I feel like that's the only reason Andy Dawn's even relevant. I mean, he had such good wide receivers at the beginning of his career that it, it, it made his career. So, I mean, it's like that dude needs to go. The only thing I kept hearing him say during the game when they were referenced Justin Field playing uh, behind Andy Dalton, they were like, well, if you notice Andy Dalton, how quick he gets the ball out, uh, you know, that's one thing that Justin Field needs to work on because, you know, sometimes he holds it too long. And, like, he, I was like, well, I don't know if you ever noticed, but sometimes the Angels throws that ball out quick. He throws it to the other team, so I don't know what they're really watching, but it is what it is. I'm so over that, and he throws it to the other team, or he throws a fucking three-yard slant or a two-yard out. I mean, who really cares about those kind of passes? I think the the release, the snap-to-release timing is way, way too overrated because you look at all the big-time quarterbacks right now in the league, they are actually better because they can extend the plays and not get the ball out quick. The whole stand in the pocket and just zip it out of there, that type of offense is done. It's over. Like, the only I mean, person still doing that is Tom Brady. And that's Tom goddamn Brady. There's a big gap between Andy Dalton and Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a big gap between yeah. There's a big gap between Tom Brady and the whole game, right? Tom Brady doesn't yeah. count. You can't even use him as a comparison. When you say, "Oh, well, that's like how Tom Brady does it," it's like, well, then your comparison is way off. All right, that's just wrong. That's just not what you do. You don't try to recreate Tom Brady. I feel like everybody should know that by now. And trust me, I hate 
the dude's guts. But I have learned to love him since he's gone kind of mercenary down to the Bucks. I kind of root for him a little bit more. Uh, but um, with that being said, yeah, they need to get rid of Andy Dalton. Justin Fields needs to play. Uh, and I think this would be a great first week. I would love to see Joey Burrow and Justin Fields just slug it out in Chicago, a couple of Ohio State boys, you know, just going head-to-head. Justin Fields basically ran Joe Burrow out of Ohio State. I would love to see it. I mean, the storyline is there, NFL. Make it happen. Make a phone call to the Bears. Tell them to put the red rifle on the shelf. Get Justin Fields in the game, man. I want to see Fields and Burrow this weekend. I agree. Way better than way better than Dalton and Burrow. I'll tell you that much. That gives me no excitement. I don't even want to see it. I, don't even, I won't even watch one minute of that game if my remote broke. But, all right, on to the next topic. So, we're talking rookies in the NFL. We're going to stay on that train. What about the wide receivers, right? There was tons of rookie wide receivers taken in this draft. It was like the most in the first round ever. Uh, unfortunately, there was a lot of uh, first round injury bugs with uh, Bateman. I think that he's going to be a great addition whenever he gets on the field from a boy, El Freaky, in uh, Baltimore. Um, but there's a bunch of really stud wide receivers, not even taken in the first round, just regardless. So rookie wide receivers that impressed you the most, Jimbo, but I am going to take first crack at this one and I'm going to be a homer with this one. And I'm going with Mr. Jalen Waddle for the Miami Dolphins. Um, I, I really loved his performance this week. Uh, he was obviously already sort of uh, Tua's safety blanket. Everybody, including myself, thought that Gazeki was going to be his safety blanket, but he just seemed most comfortable looking for Jalen out there on the field. And to me, that just, you know, that speaks volumes. Everybody's always like, oh, I like a quarterback that could throw the tight end, blah, 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 blah. Those teams usually suck, or those quarterbacks usually suck. They're never big play kind of quarterbacks. A big play quarterback needs a wide receiver, and especially one that's shifty and fast. And Jalen Waddle definitely fits that bill uh he had four catches 61 yards and a very nice goal line touchdown you don't normally think of a small shifty guy scoring a three yard you know z kind of uh we used to call it an inside four um where instead of running a hitch, you know, you kind of zip in at the linebacker and cut back out and then just dive for the pylon. And it, it worked perfect. It was great. You know, it looked good. And uh, that's coming off. This is coming off his ankle injury, too, if you think about it. So he hasn't even played, basically. I mean, he did play just barely in the NCAA championship just to show that, you know, he's ready to go for the NFL. But I wouldn't really count that as playing. Um this is his first like true test on that on that injury that he had to his ankle. So I think it looked great. And then on top of it, it's against Billy B, man. I mean, as far as uh, as far as defensive uh, gurus in the NFL, Belichick's as good as it gets. So I'm high on my boy Jalen Waddle. I like him in the Tua connection. They're cooking already. So out of all the uh, rookie wideouts that balled out this week, I got to go with Jalen Waddle, man. What do you think, Jim? Uh, not that big. I mean, not who I would have picked, obviously, uh, but. Still a good pick. I think there are a few guys that play better than him, but I mean, elaborate. They, I, like you said, I, I was excited to see all these rookies out there, how well they actually did. Uh, and, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good pick. I'm happy with it so far, man. I'm happy on the return and investment for the sixth pick. You know, I, I don't know. I like it. It's only going to get better you, from you here. Think he still has the same, you think he's still going to have the same success when Will Fuller comes back? I do. I think he'll be even more. I think he'll be even more successful. I mean, you're just adding okay. another good wide receiver to the bunch. I mean, you start thinking about weapons now. I mean, I'm, I'm not even hating on Tua. I mean, he's 7-3 and three as a starter. I, I feel like you can't really argue with that. Um, but you think about it. Now he's got Gizeki, a big, really good cast, uh, pass-catching tight end, and a great route runner. 
Now you got Waddle, who's kind of like the Tyreek Hill dude all over the field. You got Devontae Parker, who is your big like back shoulder fade kind of wide receiver or maybe sprint you down the seam or maybe run a dig route. Um, so I'm definitely expecting a lot of things out of Devontae Parker finally live up to that first round billing. But you think about it that you talk about Will Fuller. There's three first round wide receivers that Tua's got at his disposal. Obviously, there's a little PD problems with Will Fuller and some injuries. Devontae Parker battle injuries. Waddle's got some injuries. But right now, they're all healthy. It should be all lights go. It should be rockets lifted off. I want to see this offense smash the Bills this week. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty excited for Will Fuller coming back, honestly. So, just to be a little bit of a homer take right there. Yeah, I'm looking for big things out of the Finns. Um, but, yeah, what rookie? What rookie stood out, Jim? Well, uh, in a close second, I'd say Jamar Chase. Uh, he completely diced up the Vikings. So, Chase is second. That's second. Okay. My, my guy, I'm going with my guy that I told you, uh, I think with the last podcast we did, my guy that I think is going to be the best rookie receiver out of this class, and that's Devontae Smith. Oh, uh, Okay. Slim I like what he did out there. I like what he did out there. He ran good routes. He got separation. He got, you know, he got a touchdown. I mean, Jalen Hurts looked good. That team actually looked surprisingly good. And there's not, like, like I said, there's really nobody else out there. I mean, Dallas Goddard, you know what I'm saying, uh, had a few catches and touchdowns. Jalen Rager played okay. But I'm telling you, that guy, is, he's on another level. Okay, I hate to admit it. I hate to admit it. it maybe Sean Drohan may uh, maybe listen to this in a day or two. Uh, I hate to admit it, but yeah, the Eagles looked way better than I thought they would, and I do think some of that had to do with Devontae Smith. He he runs great routes, man. I mean, I'm talking about like if you got a young kid at home and he thinks he's going to be a wide receiver, have him tune into an Eagles game and just watch number six run run his damn routes. I mean, man, it is a thing of beauty. It's like Jerry Rice esque, and that's saying a lot. Obviously, he's got a lot to do uh, before he's like Jerry Rice or Marvin Harrison. But, yeah, I agree with you, Jim. I mean, those routes look crisp on Sunday. Yeah, um, I, I watched him in preseason. And like you said, we don't know who those corners were. But nope. apparently, don't matter if they're pro or the preseason. It don't matter. He's got something for them all. It don't matter. But speaking of pros, how many pros do the Falcons have on that defense? I don't know. I'm not a big uh, – <laughs> <laughs> right. that, that's, that's the downfall that I was going to bring up. I was like, now this was against the Falcons. So I, I don't know how much you really want to read in that, but I don't think I don't think that had anything to do with his success. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, those ain't the best corners, but they're pros. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So who do the Eagles play this week? Do you know off the top of your head? Off the top of my head, I think the Eagles have. Uh, I do not know off the top of my head. Uh, they got the 49ers. Okay, I just looked it up. Okay, um, they got the 49ers. So do you expect? Do you expect the same kind of uh, performance against the 49ers for Smith and the Eagles at this point, now that we're talking about it? Uh, tougher defense, uh, so I don't know how much they'll throw the ball because uh, I don't know what the pass rush. Obviously, that's a good pass rush. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. That line's going to hold up. Tougher defense? Uh, tougher defense? Did you what, see what happened to that defense last week? You mean when they, like, gave up with four minutes left and let the Lions come back? I mean, I guess so, but still, you gave but up... to that point... You gave up 33 point, points to the Lions. the Lions. You gave up 33 so points just, to the Lions. I, I mean, obviously, but, like, the that whole game, they were destroying the Lions. I guess so. The Lions, I mean, yes, I, I give the Lions credit for not giving up and biting kneecaps like they said they were going to do. I respect <laughs> that. I respect what they did out there. I was there, looking for a little more... Yeah, but, I was looking for a little more thug yeah. out of the Lions, honestly. Yeah, but I mean, but the, the one thing I get, they didn't quit. You know what I'm saying? Even though the game had gotten out of hand, they didn't quit, and they almost came back and tied that game up, but... 
for the first three quarters, let's go all the way the first four quarters, <laughs> ten minutes, and they were getting drugged all over that field. <laughs> they kind of were, yeah. You're right. They you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, but you, like you said, it is the Lions, so I can't really say, oh, well, is that defense really that good? I don't know. I mean, it was just the Lions. Well, but, I, I think Dan Campbell got exposed a little bit by, you know, some yeah. of his fourth down decisions and stuff. Like, Dan, you're in the NFL. Yeah. Kick the fucking field goal, man. Come on. Don't be going for it. I, don't, I respect what you're trying to do. I like, get I respect it, but... that he's just like, all right, clearly we're not stopping anybody, so. We got to score some points to even stay in this game. I guess. But, but like this you said, this is, the, yeah. this is the pros, man. You've got to take the points where you can get them. Yeah, exactly. This ain't high school football where you're trying to, you know, give your team false hope, all right? False hope don't work yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, this ain't Friday Night Lights <laughs> yeah. or Varsity Blues and yeah. that nonsense. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'd be more impressed if they do it to the Niners for sure. Um, but I, I'm also kind of, uh, the book's still out on the Niners for me. I mean, and unfortunately, I mean, the injury bug is is the real deal with the Niners. I mean, you've got Verrett. Yeah, Verrett. already, just like it was last year. Dude, and I love Jason Verrett, so I'm super bummed that he tore his ACL again. Yeah, man, I guess, like, every year it's like Yeah, man, and he is guy, a man. good, he is a stud corner. He is a yeah. stud corner. He almost had a pick yeah. six in that game. Uh, but, yeah, so that is, a, that is a bummer, man. But, yeah, Devontae Smith, I think his final stat line was, like, six for 71 with a touch. So, I mean, that's definitely not bad. Yeah. I mean, and it's good for Jalen Hurts, man, because I, I do, I am rooting for Jalen Hurts. I like Jalen. You know, I really do. I don't. I don't know if uh, I do. Man. I, I was. I was really hoping that this year would go roll for him. I even drafted him in a couple of my leagues to be my backup because I just felt that like if he gets an opportunity, you know, what I'm saying with some people around him, I really think yeah. he can can win games and, and win that division possibly. Even though Dallas is looking good, you know, so but yeah. I give him a shot definitely. Yeah, yeah, and I like that, and I do. I I second your honorable mention too with Jamar Chase. I mean, we're talking about like the top three picks there. Kyle Pitts, eh, kind of struggled a little bit. I was a little surprised by that. I mean, Matty Ice needs to get that man the ball. Uh, you ain't got nothing really going on there, you know. You got Cal, you got Calvin Ridley and stuff, but I mean, I already gave you my take on Matty Ice a couple shows ago. Um, so oh yeah, that holds true. <laughs> so that holds true. So I'm starting off pretty hot with that one. Um, but, yeah, Jamar Chase, I mean, he had five for 101 and a bomb touchdown against a Vikings defense, dude, that I think is good, man. I know that they lost to the Bengals, but I'm still high on the Vikings, man. I really am. I'm high on the I'm high on the Vikings. Uh, I'm not so much high on the Bengals, but I'm high on Joe Burrow. You know, I don't know. I like what they're doing down there. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win more games this year than they did last year. Um, so I'm liking that. And Jamar Chase, I mean, he's another guy. He didn't even play last year. A lot of us forget this. You know, it's like this dude yeah. hasn't this dude hasn't played football for like almost 400 days or some shit like that. You know, and uh, here he is. You know, catching 60 yard bombs in the pros in, in day one. You know, and they were worried about him because he had a couple drops in the preseason. Um, so it just goes to show you how much pointless preseason actually is um so um yeah so yeah the only reason that Dory's not even picking is my number one for the rookie receivers for the week or whatever is because that one play which was great by on his part it was like busted coverage it was was running wide open so it wasn't like he had to really beat anybody because I mean, Rashad Breeland looked like he didn't know what the hell he said the play was even called. <laughs> and I like Breeland, man. I like Breeland. I like him too, but like, he, he fucks I don't up know a lot, what though. he was thinking on that play. I don't know if he thought he had safety help or what happened, but I was like, oh, my God. And it was right for <laughs> halftime, too. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, the Vikings showed Vikings showed some heart though. They battled back, and they should have won too. They kind of they kind of beat themselves, you know. If you really think about it, yeah. so uh, that's where it's like, really, the Bengals are only uh, getting two and a half on the road in Chicago. I don't know. You start Justin Fields. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I think 
I think that's a great game to kind of gamble on too, because it's like you put you 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 take the Bears at minus two and a half, um, and that's kind of thinking Andy Dalton is going to play, and then all of a sudden the Red Rifle comes out, throws a pick, the Bengals get up seven nothing, they put Justin Fields in, and the Bears just roll. So I don't know, I kind of like that one, but another thing that we'll touch on later on in the show. Um, so moving right along though, with all these hot takes and overreactions, um, now. Jimbo, who's going to win the NFL MVP? We got one week under the books. Who's it going to be? Who's got the opening jump? I, I say after one game so far, um, I got to go with Pat Mahomes, man. Ah, oh, Pat Mahomes. Boo. Go with Pat. Like, I, I, want, I wanted to say uh, uh, Kyler Murray, but I, I, had to look at the circum- I, I had to look at the circumstances of the situation. They were destroying Tennessee that whole game, right? Even though Kyler Murray but Tennessee's supposed to be good. They were destroying Tennessee. Tennessee's supposed to be good. Derrick Henry's supposed to be good. I don't know about the rest of them, Cat. <laughs> but uh, Pat Mahomes, like, they were down. Like, yeah, I think they were getting controlled pretty much that whole game by the Browns. He the always Browns does that shit. Him. He always does that saying, shit. But that, that's what makes them, like, what I'm saying. No lead is safe when you're playing Kansas City. <laughs> like, you can have your best game. Like, any other team, the Browns probably win that game. But not Kansas City because of. Good old Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he always does that, man. That's why, like every like every playoff games, I think I think every playoff round they started off twenty one nothing. They were down every single round. That's about know. yeah. I feel like they I feel like they do that for setup. I don't and, know. And just you know, this is off of one game, so it's not like <laughs> I got a big body of work to go off. Of. But <laughs> I'm just saying, just just the just the the quality of opponents they were playing, the fact that they were pretty much getting handled the entire game and still found a way to get a win. You know what yeah. I'm saying? No, no, That's no. It's, it's over, really good. It's really good. I mean, they showed some Patrick Mahomes stats. Uh, I don't know. I forget what the hell I was watching. But they showed some Patrick Mahomes September stats. And I don't know if you've seen them, Jimbo, but they are outrageous. Like, his stats yeah. His stats in September, I think he's 13-0 and as a starter with, like, I think it's, like, almost 3,000 yards passing, 36 touchdowns, and no picks in fucking September games. So like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's it's yeah. absolutely absurd. Like, it doesn't even make sense. It's like video game numbers, you know. And uh, yeah, so I I mean I I don't argue necessarily with the Patrick Mahomes pick, um, but I just feel like they're gonna lose some games just because they do do that falling behind crap. And I'm I'm not I'm not sold on the Browns, man. I am not big on the brownie train. Um, All right, you, you like what you saw out there? No, nah, no, nah, I didn't. I just don't like Baker Mayfield, man. I can't put it. I can't put I, it. I, I, I don't like the you, guy. You, just, you, you got to factor that guy out and just look at the totality of the team. Oh, my God. I don't like, like I'm that not, guy. Like I told you, I told you, I told you I would have left him in the boneyard. I wouldn't have took him as the quarterback. I told you that. But I said, with the rest of that team, that's talent out there. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I hate that guy. And when I looked up, cause I was like, all right, I need to get some, I need to get some info for my, for my Ohio state. You know, when's the last time they had a non-conference yeah. loss. And like the thing, the thing that popped up was the last non-conference loss was against Oklahoma when Baker Mayfield did the flag stab at yeah. the, Oh, and I was hey. just like, Oh, I hate that. Dude. At least, at least hey, you're better than me. Cause you kept it professional. I would have been petty. He's like, yeah, I don't know who the last team was. Well, maybe I looked that up afterwards. No, I have no intention of doing it. Yeah, but one thing that I did like was when Nick Bosa got his first career sack on Baker's Mayfield, he did the fake uh, flag stab. I thought that was nice that he he thought about that. You know, I I, I do like that. Um, 
But yeah, continuing on uh, with this MVP debate that we're in, uh, I do like Pat Mahomes. I, I do think that he'll put up really good numbers. He'll put up Pat Mahomes numbers. But I would have to go with uh, your boy Tommy out there as a front runner right now. I mean, all right, to me, I'm okay with that. To me, I think the undefeated season is as much a reality for him in these Buccaneers as it's been for any team that I can remember for any time in recent memory. I don't, I don't think there's been a team that's been this, you know, set up for success um, maybe since his uh, 07-ish Patriots. Um, and uh, if anybody has been in that position before, it's Tom and he knows how to get there, you know. And then on top of it, it starts in classic Tommy fashion with the drive at the end of the game, uh, questionable no call, you know, total Tom Brady uh, status, you know, and uh, he ends up winning the game and he outshines the guy that was shining bright, you know, Dak Prescott fucking played great. I was I was probably more impressed with Dak Prescott, you know, playing that good. Um but, yeah, I mean, he still threw for 379 and four touchdowns and a couple of picks. But, you know, Bruce Arians' quarterbacks, they throw picks. I don't care what anybody says. That's just the way that it is. Um, so, I don't know. I think Tommy's got a, a slight slight edge on everybody. And, you know, it's always fun to give the old-timer maybe an MVP and a Super Bowl championship write-off or championship, whatever sport it is. Um, you know, so I think he's got a little bit of an edge with the voters probably uh, right now at this point. What do you think? I think that's a good pick. I mean, he definitely played well. Uh, Dak played well. Uh, I think I was more impressed, honestly, with Dallas because I expected them to get blown out of that game, and they were right there at the end of the game. I knew it. Lost me some damn it. money you know on that. Night. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think they would even be close. Um, but that, that's a good pick. I like Tom Brady. He played really well. Uh, he's got the weapon, so I don't know if they'll go undefeated. You know what I'm saying? Once but that, once that D gets dialed he in, he could win MVP. Once that defense gets What's dialed that? in, though, once that defense gets dialed in, I think well, they're going to be. They had some injuries out there that day. They, they, they lost what their safety and their corner. Yeah, and they're weak. They're weak in the secondary team. Yeah, so you know what I'm saying. So they're like, gonna, yeah, that's going to get exposed. That's tough. That's they better, get exposed. Yeah, they better get. They better get after that fucking passer. That's all I know. Um, yeah, yeah. But so continue on with our uh, week one uh, hot takes. Uh, which playoff team? From last year, Jimbo is asked out this year. Who's going to miss the playoffs that made it last year? Who you got? I, I hate to say it, man, because I, I wanted to believe that they would be able to get back and, and make some noise, but I'm going to have to say the Washington Redskins. Okay. Okay. Just because, you know, Fitzmagic went down first game of the season. Yeah. I don't know how man. they're going to look after that. You know what I'm saying? Philly's better this year. Dallas is better this year. So it's not going to be like that whoever just trash team we're throwing in. And I'm not calling them trash. I'm saying that was a horrible division last year. But now the division looks like it's going to be better. They don't look like they're you know, saying they lost a straight quarterback. They don't look like they're going to be the same team. So I don't – I don't know. It's going to be hard for them to make it. You know what I'm saying? That, that's why he's going to have the toughest time getting back. Good pick, man. Good pick, dude. I, I totally agree. Well, Fitzy went down, man. That bummed me out because I know the dude's, like, at the end of his career. You know, like, he's just trying to, yeah. like, have one last chance at the playoffs. I feel like that's all the guy wants. Like, it's just give me one shot at the playoffs. Let me go out there and sling it and uh, just see what happens. And I feel like Washington was totally down to let him be that guy. Like, they were just going to be like, all right, bro. Go out there, throw it to whoever the fuck you want. <laughs> Double coverage, triple coverage. Oh yeah, I, I think they were they were riding all day yeah. with magic all day. I don't Me think, too. I don't think I don't think under any circumstances, unless it's injury, he's getting benched or pulled. No, nope. it's like, dude, this is like we brought you here to do this. 
You know Spin that ball, baby. Give the guys an opportunity to make some plays. Go out there and let it rip. You know I, what I'm saying? I'll tell you what. I wouldn't have took Terry McLaurin as high as I did in my fantasy draft if I knew Fitzy was going out in fucking week one. So I'm a little bummed about that. Um, but, yeah, that's a that's a great— I, I still think Terry's going to ball out, though. I, I, he'll be all right, but he's not going to do as much yeah. as he would have with Fitzy. I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think he'll get the same amount of opportunity. Yeah. But, I mean, I never count him out because he's— no, player. he's good. He's a great player. He's a great player. So I'm definitely yeah, but it, but it definitely it definitely sucks that yeah. that it's magic. Yeah, I'm bummed about that. Um, but I do love that pick. I think it's probably the most realistic pick for sure out of teams that made it last year that won't make it this year. Uh, but I'm going different route and I'm going to stay on that uh screw Baker Mayfield theme and I'm going with the Browns, man. I think the Browns are going to miss. I like it. I think the Browns are going to miss the playoffs this year, man. I think they might even lose to the Texans this week. Texans are like 12 point dogs on the road against the Browns and I don't understand why. I don't get it. I don't get how the 12 point dogs on the road against the Browns. Like the Chiefs, they never play defense anyways and they always just come out lollygagging around at the beginning and get down by big points. So I don't know why everybody's all pumped up on the Browns. Odell Beckham's already ruled out. I think it's a perfect brewing uh, brewing pot here for the Browns to drop one at home to Tyrod and the Texans. Uh, not saying it's guaranteed that's going to happen. Let's say they beat the Texans. Whoop-de-whoop, that's fine. Uh, but I think the main thing that's going to stop them this year is that they're not going to sweep any divisional opponent. I think the Bengals are going to at least get one. Gonna at least get one. Who knows? Maybe even two. Maybe even two. Um, but the Steelers obviously prove that they're great. They beat the Bills in in the Buff up at the Buff with the uh, old Bills Mafia there cheering and breaking tables and shit. Wasn't enough. All right. Maybe Josh Allen is finally coming back down. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just love to hate on the Bills also. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, but. I, I think the Browns are really going to struggle in that division. They might drop two to the Bengals. They might drop two to the Ravens. They might drop two to the Steelers. They might drop two to all of them. You know, it's that kind of a division. And uh, I think the Steelers are dialed in. I think the Browns are living on hype. And you know what? I don't think the Browns can handle hype. <laughs> so um, I think it's going to be a disappointing year for the old Cleveland Brownies. Uh, what do you think, Jimbo? I respect your pick, but I completely disagree with this one. Ah. Because I'll tell you why. Right. One, they played one of the teams in the Super Bowl last year and had them by the throat. They didn't finish the game, but they had them by the throat. So that shows you they have the talent. They had them by the throat in week one, dude. Same fucking problem. And the Steelers, this is the same thing they did last year. They're going to start strong and then fall off at the end. What they either experience injuries or something. Watch, I can already see it coming. I'm not buying the Steelers no more. If they do do it, I'll be surprised, but I'm not buying that again. Uh, I think. They will struggle with the Ravens because, you know, they're going to run the ball heavy. Yep. They got a good defense, yep. even though, you know, saying they lost Marcus Peters. And once they get the receivers, I think you're going to see a completely different uh, Lamar Jackson. Me too. You know what I'm saying? You're going to see a guy can move the ball down the field. Uh, and I, I think the offense is going to go to a different level. So I do think they'll struggle with them. I don't know about the Bengals because I have, I mean, outside of their offense, I don't really, I got to see their defense. You know what I'm saying? I really got to see them against a good offensive team. Yeah. The Vikings ain't one of them. They made a quality so signings. Hey, and I beg to differ. All right, Jimbo. The Vikings have mm-hmm. all the weapons, okay? Maybe the coaching might not be all right, but you got a, you got two star receivers in Jefferson and Thielen. You got a quarterback that's uh-huh. obviously been able to put up stats. You got, to me, maybe the uh-huh. best running back in the league in Dalvin Cook. Um, I mean, so I think they did pretty good, considering. I know that you left the quarterback out, and I would have too. Yeah, consider. I mean, Kirk Cousins, he's formidable. Okay, he could. He, he's obviously he's, 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 he's a pro. Baker Mayfield eight years from now. He's, a, he's Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't like Baker, I don't know how you like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he's a pro, all right, Jimbo. <laughs> 
All right? You don't see Kirk Cousins do no cheesy progressive commercials, all right? <laughs> you, you're right. He gets like massive commercials. <laughs> okay. All right. That's enough. But now, and now since we're, we're staying on the topic of losers here uh, real quick, uh, <laughs> and uh, which, out of all the NFL teams, you know, that lost in week one, which 0-1 team needs the win the most in week two? Who can't afford to go 0-2? And you know what? I'm going to go with the Patriots. I think the Patriots are desperate for a win this week. Uh, they are on the road against the New York football Jets. All right. Bill Belichick dominates rookie quarterbacks. Um, so, yeah. it, you know, and rookie head coaches. So they got they got a bad combo coming for him with the Jets. Uh, Mac Jones already proved himself to be formidable. Um, the, the AFC East is going to be won by at least a 10-win team. Uh, so that puts you in a position where you're in week three and you only got four more losses left for, you know, what is it, a 17-game season now? Uh, so, I mean, yep. and it's against a team like the Jets. Like, that's a, that's a game you got to get. That's a game you got to get. And, you know, the best-case scenario is you're looking at one and one and one and one with, with uh, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the, the Patriots. If the Bills beat the Dolphins, but I don't know. I got a little bit of faith in my Dolphins this this week, and I think that we're going to beat the Bills. I think we're going to jump out to a nice 2-0 lead, and uh, you you don't want to be the 0-2 team. You got to be 1-1 one one in that division to be hanging around, uh, hopefully with this Dolphins freight train that is just starting to pick up steam. Um, so, I'm, I don't know. For me, looking at it, looking at all the 0-1 teams, you know, I think the, the biggest reaction of being 0-2 is going to fall into Pat's. Um, but what do you think, Jimbo? Uh, that was a good pick, but uh, I got another team in mind, and uh, I used to—I would say it would pain me to say, it, but it doesn't anymore. I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings, okay? Because your your first game was against the Bengals. You're expected to win that, right? Okay, you don't. All right, it happens. Your next games are against the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the Browns. Oh, that team's probably going 0 4. Oh shit! Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough sledding right there. They are there. probably going. Like you know, what I'm saying the only team that you said you don't you know really like Baker Mayfield the Browns. So maybe you give them that one. I watched them choke against Seattle, so I don't have any faith they're going to win that game. And the Cardinals, did you see what they did to Tennessee? <laughs> yeah. Like, you saw that, right? Like, they don't want no part of Kyler Murray. I'll tell you that right now. I didn't have this as Arizona. a topic, but to me, the Cardinals are the most impressive team out of Week One. Yeah, I, I, I say if Minnesota don't get this win this week. It's, I'm, I'm looking, I think they're going on four. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, you just ran off a gauntlet that is tough. Like I said, I don't have any yeah. faith in the Browns, so um, that's a win. That's a, <laughs> I was that, 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 I'm glad you don't because I have no faith in the Vikings. <laughs> that's a winnable game, and to me, the Cardinals last year were this same team, but they couldn't do it week to week. Um, so it's yeah. like they, they're still in a prove-me state. Um, and then who was the other one sprinkled in there? The, oh, the Seahawks? Seahawks? Yeah, that's a loss. Yeah. That's a loss. That's a loss. So, best case scenario, yeah, you are looking at two and two. So, that's a good point. They definitely do need this win against the Cardinals. Uh, they need to bring Baker and the fighting Cliff Kingsbury's back down to earth, I think, a little bit. Uh, it's going to be tough, though, man. Yeah. And, and I, like I said, I think they're going on four. And <laughs> Damn, no love. <laughs> no love. I think after that game, that season's over. 
<laughs> sure. Well, I'll tell you what. They go 0-4. Mike Zimmer is fired in week four. He is <laughs> I'm fired. Saying, it ain't looking good. He is fired in week four. He is definitely fired in week four. <laughs> if they go 0-4, that's it. I, I like me some Mike Zimmer, but maybe he should just be a defensive coordinator. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. That's some hot takes. But, like I said, it's week one. We're overreacting. And uh, I can't wait to react to uh, the bump and run this episode. Um, so, bump and run is always brought to you by Sweet Fuel by Joel. It's a persistence foods company uh, providing you with just a one-of-a-kind type of experience with your protein bars. Um, it takes it to another level. It doesn't give you that same funky taste that you're used to with all the same old protein bars. It's got simple, easy, organic style ingredients with a great touch of protein to get you all the right gains that you need. So make sure that you check out some Sweet Fuel by Jewel next time you're in a persistence culture facility or anywhere you can get Sweet Fuel by Jewel. Um, so here we go, Jimbo. Bump and run, baby. What you got? Okay. The number one question for this this podcast is going to be, now, the NFC North, right? They didn't win a game the first week. Every team lost. But the NFC West, every team won. And we probably believe that's going to be probably the toughest division. Mm-hmm. Who are you taking out of the division to, to win it all? Out of which one? NFC North and NFC West? No, just the, just the NFC West. Just the NFC West. Okay. Um, so out of the NFC West, this is one of the divisions that's kind of perplexed me all year. And it only got even murkier with watching the Cardinals absolutely beat down the Tennessee Titans, who I thought were a decent team, and they're on the road, you know, so I mean, I, I did not see that one coming, um, I don't necessarily would have picked the Titans to win, but I did not see just a shellacking, I mean, I didn't see them taking them to the woodshed like that, uh, so <sighs> my heart wants to go with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, just because I just want to see them prove the NFL wrong a little bit, uh, but at this point, I really gotta think that the I'm really gonna think that the Seahawks are gonna come out, um, and I'll, I'll lay down why, um, and I'll I'll do it by uh, beating up on their opponents or their division foes a little bit. I think that the 49ers, you know, showed a little crack in their armor. Plus, they had injuries. Mustard's out, you know. Uh, Verrett's out, so you're already down two starters on both sides of the ball. Not a good thing. I know Kyle Shanahan thinks he can be like his old man and just plug any old bum in at running back. But you know what? We've seen what any old bum at running back gets you. It's not much. You know, I think eventually they're going to flip-flop him back between Lance and Garoppolo. And I I just don't see them being consistent enough to win win the division, which is probably going to take 11 to 12 wins. Probably more like 12 wins now that it's a 17-game season. Um, The Rams, I feel like Stafford started off great. Um, Sean McVay's offenses, I feel like, always start out great. Um, but you look at the roster, um, it's like, yes, they inserted Matt Stafford, but it's the same roster that had, you know, Jared Goff slug it out with Mahomes on Monday night for the 120-point total game or whatever. So it's like he's been able to do this with whatever quarterback. So I don't really see, you know, what what edge Stafford really gives them. So I feel like eventually the, the, the polish on that stainless is going to rub off. Um, and then on top of it, they don't really have a running back. So that's going to catch up to him eventually in such a tough divisional race. And then uh, who we got left? Uh, the Cardinals. Okay, so that's Kyler Murray. Um, he came out hot last year, and I'm just not sold on them, on them being able to do it consistently. And I don't know if it's a 
coaching thing or a combo of a quarterback and a coach thing. Um, but I think this is Cliff's last chance at it. And uh, I don't think he's going to be able to prove that he deserves to come back for another year. I feel like they end up having another disappointing style nine and whatever. Whatever would it be? Nine and eight this year. Uh, well, yeah. at, least, at least there won't be any eight and eight busters this year. You're either going to be a winner or a loser this year. Uh, that's kind of cool. I never really thought of that angle. No 500 this year. So yeah, so then that lands me on the Seahawks and I feel like they had the most consistency with coaching and quarterback and defensive scheme and defensive players and now wide receiver groups. Um, maybe Russell Wilson's finally freaking tired of coming out the gates hot and then dwindling off. Um, and then, you know what? Pete Carroll's like 70 years old. So, I mean, this is this may be his last two raw, especially if he takes it to another level. So, I think, I think that they have that going for them. And then the biggest thing going for them is out of a division, what do you want? You want the biggest home field advantage. Los Angeles, um, you know, they have a great new stadium, but it's going to be filled with half visitors every week. Arizona Cardinals, I mean, like, yeah, they get a little bit of an edge at home, but not, not really. The Niners, they don't have no home field advantage. Nobody's rocking Levi Stadium or nothing like that. So, I mean, the Seahawks have a noticeable edge in the home games. So they run their four home games. I'm sticking it on the Seahawks, Jimbo, and I think they're taking the division, and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. All right. What do you think? I like it. Who, who, I'm who, going the Rams. The Rams? I'm taking the Rams. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, like, I, like, uh, I like the running game, Darrell Henderson Jr. and uh, Sonny Michelle. I didn't know who they were going to get to back him up, but yeah. they got Sonny Michelle, yeah. who we've seen what he can do. So you, you got somebody if he goes down. I like the wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and I even like the deep threat, Van Jefferson. So you got – some guys who can make plays. But aren't they the Defense same old guys, good. though? I mean, they're the same old guys. I feel like they've been the Rams wide receivers for five years and then, now. And then, 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 then enter Matt Stafford and his effortless throws down the field. Yeah, he does flick it. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think I think he's going to give them what they were missing, which is consistency at, at the quarterback position. The defense, I know, is going to be good. You know what I'm saying? Aaron Donald, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Jay Ramsey, they're using him different this year. He's just not locking out a side. They're putting him all over the field and letting him play finally. So yeah. I, I like what they're doing out okay. there. I would probably take Seattle next. I mean, I'm waiting to see how that defense is really going to shape up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I like I like what they're doing on offense, but I think they rely on Russell Wilson way too much. And as you can tell last year, that showed the second half of the season when it looked like they had no game plan, but just let him throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it worries me how DK Metcalf seems to disappear for three quarters and then shows up sometimes in the fourth if, if he shows up at all. Uh, so I'm concerned about that. I do like Tyler Lockett. Just need him to stay consistent. Chris Carson, I like him. And I like um, – they lost Rashad Penny, but they still got uh, – uh, what's his name? Collins. I like I liked him. They picked him up. So they're, they're all right. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think I – don't, I, I don't know about the defense. That's what I'm yeah. concerned about. I do like Cardinals, the Rams, So Cardinals, they got, they got a good – they got a good offense. But that defense is the – they played against Tennessee. the best I've ever seen them play. And I doubt that's – I'd have to repeat that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't see them consistently playing that kind of defense against everybody every week. They and then uh, once they get off script, off their game plan, uh, they usually fall apart. Yeah, that's so what I, we'll I, see. I, That'll I, be the test. That's yeah. where that's where Cliff yeah. Kingsbury's teams have tended to crumble so far in the NFL is when they face you know some adversity. They don't really tend to rise to the occasion. Uh, and then 49ers, like you said, injury bugs already striking. I mean, Jimmy G. I don't. I don't think he's your answer. I mean, somehow they do. Maybe it's just because they got, you know, the young quarterback and they just want him to sit back and learn. But I don't, I don't, I don't have faith in Jimmy G personally. That's just yeah. me, though. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree. So and you lost Mosser. They lost him week one. So now you're on who? Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Like I mean, I hope he plays well. Think go for him. But yeah, that's they, right. Yeah, them injuries might have already got them already. Yeah, that's it. They're they're done again. If you ask me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like your takes too. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That's one of those divisions. I wouldn't be surprised who the hell wins it. You know. But uh, yeah, like I said, every team is good. Hey, every team's got a shot, and that's going to be fun to watch. Definitely some uh, late season matchups, and see how that shapes out. Uh, but here at the end of the show, one thing that we're going to try and do during uh, football and definitely college basketball season is something that uh, we call the Sill System. And uh, so me and Jimbo definitely partake, like we said, in uh, recreational gambling. So if you are someone that likes to just have a little skin in the game on Saturdays and Sundays and just have some fun uh, responsibly with what money you have to uh, spend recreationally, uh, we're going to give you what we see as solid picks. Um, so the SEAL system so far for me has me plus 400. Um, so if you're familiar with the way gambling works or not, I'll just explain it real quick. Plus 400 would mean you're plus 400 basically on whatever you put in based off of 100 bucks. So if you had 100 bucks for when you started with the SEAL system, you'd be at 400 right now, uh, which is basically after, you know, two weeks. Um, so that's definitely not a bad start. So we're in the black and I like doing that. Um, we're going to start off with uh, four team parlays from me and a three team parlay from uh, Uncle Jimbo. We're going to get you guys in the black. We're going to get you winners. And the way that it works with the SEAL system is we're going to read these to you as parlay plays, but we advise you to put one unit of whatever you gamble with. Let's say you choose to put $10 on a game. You would put $10 on each of these games and then $10 as a parlay game. If you understand that, it's great. If not, check out a video that I'm posting on uh, Instagram at the Press Coverage Sports Show and we'll help explain it to you so you have a little more sense to it. And uh, it'll be fun. We get to watch sports like we all love to do and hopefully make some cash. Uh, so, all right, Jimbo, let's get into the SIL system here. Um, we're going to start off with college parlays. Um, my college parlay, which would mean all four teams would need to win for us to cash in our money. Um, I'm going with the Michigan Wolverines, given 27 and a half against the uh, Northern, okay. Northern Illinois uh, Huskies, um, who have played surprisingly well, um, but I think that's why uh, this line isn't even bigger. So I like them. They cover the four touchdowns at home against a uh, easily defeated opponent. Next one I got is Auburn War Eagles as a straight dog on the road at Penn State, who I think is incredibly overrated. And I think Auburn's a good team, like we kind of talked about earlier in the show. Um, next up is Clemson, given 28 and a half. It seems weird. Uh, that, that extra kicker you're even thinking, like, man, that's four touchdowns and then some. Uh, but they're playing Georgia Tech, who I thought I was kind of high on, but after watching them play, I'm no longer high on. They are trash like they always are. Um, and then also... <laughs> <laughs> also, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, surprisingly coming in as under a two-touchdown dog this week. Um, so I think that they are going to uh, handle business. And that's not only my 14 parlay, but remember, um, if you have 50 bucks to gamble this Saturday, put 10 on each game as a single straight game and then another 10 on all four as a parlay. Uh, Jimbo, who are you looking this, uh, this Saturday to win you some cash? Okay, I did a three-game parlay, and in my three-game college parlay, I took Cincinnati three-and-a-half over Indiana. I don't know if anybody knows this, but Indiana is not really a football school. Cincinnati's playing really well. I think they win that easy. Uh, then I took Mississippi State uh, three points over Memphis. I don't know if you noticed, but Memphis did not play well last week, and I, they're a little more – they're a little overrated than what I thought they were. So I took them last week, and it cost me. I'm taking Mississippi State Bulldogs over them. And then the last game, I'm taking Arizona State 
over BYU. Now, I slipped up last week, and I took Utah over BYU. <laughs> but if I would need that Brewer quarterback with a Utah <laughs> who screwed me at Baylor, I wouldn't have took him. So I'll that's t- on me. But I ain't going to do that to y'all. I'll I take, know better now. I'll take blame for that. I kind of I kind of pitched that one. <laughs> I kind of pitched that one. I was a little higher on Charlie Brewer than I thought. It cost me two. Um, but, you know, you win, sorry, you win some, you lose some. Like I said, so far, the SEAL system, 100% for me, is uh, plus 400 in black. We'll start keeping uh, – Keep, start keeping a track of uh, Uncle Jimbo's picks and parlays too, and we'll give you updates every week to let you know where we all stand, and hopefully we're all betting the same games. And if not, that's awesome. Uh, hit me up on uh, the Press Coverage Sports Show. Shoot me DMs. Let me know who you're picking, and let me know why. And you know we'll get we'll get you on the show. We'll get you your thoughts and picks and how how you did this weekend too. Uh, but now moving on to the pros. A lot of people like to say win it on Saturday, lose it on Sunday. Uh, it's been the opposite for me so far. Um, I hit big on Sunday last week, so that was that was fun. Uh, but this Sunday, I'm going with, like I've said, I'm throwing a lot of brown shade uh, this episode. I'm going with the Texans plus 12 and a half. I I, I don't even I, I don't even have a problem with the pick as a straight up dog because um, one of my rules here in the SIL system, as Jimbo also knows, is you never pick somebody to not lose that bad, right? So you have to have a legitimate thought that this underdog may actually win the game or never take the points. If you don't even think there's a chance for them to win the game, why are you betting on a loser? All right. Take that one to the I bank. That. Take that one to the bank. Never bet on a loser. Um, so then I got the Texans with a chance to win, but I'm just going to take the points. Um, and then the Chicago Bears, like I said earlier, given two and a half at home against the Bungles. I, I love me some Joe Burrow. I like Jamar Chase. I like the way they're looking. Um, but I think Justin Fields is in there before halftime or at the worst case scenario at halftime. Khalil Mack, you know, he's been struggling lately. He's going to get after it. The Bears defense is going to give Burrow some trouble. Um, and I, I just like the Bears to easily handle that one and hopefully with Justin Fields at the helm. Um, I spoke about it earlier in the show. Pat's given five and a half. I think that's a given on the road. Who cares? Lay the road chalk. Take the Pats. Bill Belichick dominates rookie quarterbacks and rookie head coaches. The Jets have both. It's a it's a shoo-in. Just take them. Uh, and then the Rams given three and a half on the road against the Colts. Uh, Carson Wentz, he's a bum. Uh, don't even worry about them. Uh, they won't be able to run the ball against that Rams defensive front. So just take them. That, that game's going to be over at halftime. Um, so those are my four games. Bet them all single. And once again, as a parlay. Uh, what are you thinking, Jimbo, this Sunday? Okay, so my three games that I took, I'm taking the Denver Broncos getting six points over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know if you happened to catch the Jaguars last week against the Texans, but that's an indication why I took that game. Yep. Okay. <laughs> then I took the New England Patriots uh, getting six against the New York Jets. Same thing. I think, you know, Bill Belichick dominates rookie quarterbacks. I think they're really going to struggle in this game against the Patriots. Patriots played a close game against the Dolphins last week. I think they get the win this week. And then the last game is I took the same one. I took the, uh, I took the Rams over the Colts three and a half. Uh, I just, you might be right about Carson Wentz. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yep, there you go. All right, so and then another thing I just want to throw into you guys listening out there, if you guys are into the uh, gambling world, uh, we're going to do any time that we, we don't talk to each other about these picks necessarily before the show. So anytime that we have the same consensus, that's going to be a two-point play. So 
If you want to take the Rams and the Pats, those are now two-point plays. So when you do your single bets um, that we had the same consensus on it, if you're going to bet 10 bucks, now bet 20 on those because that's the that's the confidence rating. It's now up to a two-point play. And uh, like I said, you'll be able to tune in the Instagram shortly and check out my video to really just kind of dive into this a little bit deeper. Um, but Jimbo, thanks for another great press coverage uh, sports show. I think this has been an awesome episode. And uh, thanks for being on the Mel Eats Hotline today, man. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. I can't wait to get back and uh, hopefully win these guys some money. So yes. keep tuning in. Yes, we are going to make some money. So just tune in, listen. Even if you don't like us, uh, our banter, fast forward to the gambling because we're making money this year. Uh, but everybody, just have a good time and uh, enjoy the football that's going to be on this weekend. I'm going to do my best to. Um, and like we always say at Persistence Culture and Persistence Media, keep moving. <laughs>